0: We're going to go right in the Word, and uh, today's message is, is your life valuable? Poke your neighbor and say, is your life valuable? And I'm going to preach about that today, amen? Turn, if you will, to 1 Corinthians 12. Is it all right to be challenged every now and then? How many of you are like me? Does God challenge you? Amen. We need to be challenged to worship more, to serve more, to do more for God because He's done so much for us. 1 Corinthians chapter twelve. Uh, we're going to re- begin in verse one, and then we're going to skip to verse four and go through uh, eighteen. So, is your allow? Oh, yeah, U version. I hear somebody hollering out U version. Uh, we have U version notes. Uh, you can pull up on your phone. The notes are there. You can uh, fill in notes as you go along, and then save them at the end, and you always have them to refer back to. So. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1 says, Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Now, let me ask you this. Who wrote this? Paul Paul wrote it, but who ultimately wrote it? The Holy Spirit Spirit ultimately wrote it. So uh, so God is the one saying, I don't want you to be uninformed. Okay, so I want you to catch this because everyone is valuable. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord distributes. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different uh, kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And watch this. And He distributes, God distributes them to each one just as He determines. It's as He wants. The gifts we have are because that's what He wanted us to have. Just as a body through the one has many parts... But all its many parts from one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given to one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. That's us. Now, if the whole body were an eye... Well, we got to go back. If the whole... Yep, I feel like I'm, whoop, whoop, whoop. Okay, now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body. God has placed, everybody say placed. The parts in the body, every one of them, that's you, just as he wanted them to be. Wow. Now we're going to flesh this out today because I want to tell you, you are invaluable. Poke your neighbor and say you're invaluable. Thank you so much, Lord, for this word. Thank you for this presence. Thank you that you're here. Thank you for reminding us today that you rose from the dead. Thank you that you defeated death, hell, and the grave. Thank you that you saved our souls and our our names are written in the Lamb book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Lord, anoint me to preach forth your word, not in word and tongue only, but also in power and in deed. I pray in Jesus' name, this seed, seed, the word of God, fall on the good soil of our hearts and grow and bear forth fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, we pray for our leaders in this country. Bring a great awakening. Bring all of our leaders, from the president to Congress to everyone, judges, and all everyone in municipalities and in between. And I pray you bring salvation. I pray you bring awakening. I pray we get back to you, your word, and your desires. Lord, I pray, Father God, let our nation turn back to you. Bring a mighty revival in these last days and protect our leaders and our lives, Father God. And we'll give you glory and honor and praise for these things. And everybody said... Amen. Hold your Bibles in the air and let's boldly declare, Father, today, this week, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only, deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears, anoint my heart, anoint my spirit, my soul, my mind, and my body to receive the truth of your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. High five your neighbor, two or three of them, as you're being seated. And tell them you're invaluable. In 1799, a, uh, a young 12-year-old boy named Conrad Reed and some of his siblings were trying to shoot fish with a bow and arrow and Meadow Creek, North Carolina, and he stumbled across a rock the size of a shoe. It was pretty heavy. He carried it home to his dad. His dad was unimpressed with it and threw it in front of the barn door to hold the door, the door open And for three years. But his father noticed after some time it didn't look like an ordinary rock, so he took it to a jeweler and found out it was 17 pounds of pure gold. The family had no idea what they had. They had no idea the value of this rock. That was sitting in their uh, possession. And I think there's too many Christians that don't understand the value of their lives. I want you to think of the body of Christ like a ring. And I've got a picture of a, an engagement ring uh, up there on the overhead. You ladies go ahead and go whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah, don't, don't boo, brother. You'd be in trouble. Amen. That's dangerous territory there. Verse 18 of 1 Corinthians 12 says it this way. It says, um, in fact, God has placed or set, everybody say set. Set or placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. Uh, This is a jeweler's term. And this is speaking of a jeweler that is placing or setting a stone in a ring. It's the only time in the Bible you find this. And what God is saying is, just as a jeweler sets a stone and a ring, so God has set you and a body. And I I want you to catch this. Uh, The jeweler sets the ring in place with three specific goals in mind. So we're going to be a jeweler here today because this is what the terminology God uses, right? So the first goal that the jeweler has in mind is this, to shine the best light of the stone. Wow. Wow. In verses 12 through 14, if you'll take a look at at your Bibles again, in whatever form that you have, it says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts. Poke your neighbor and say, you're a part. But all its many parts are members, depending on what version you're speaking of, from one body, so it is with Christ. For we're all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is made up of one part, not one part, but of many. And so, body or parts, whatever you, however you want it, the members, the parts of the body, are fit together as Christ decided they should be fit together. Now, members or parts, in the Greek, if you do a word study here, it means equal parts. Everybody shout out with me, equal parts. Equal parts. The problem comes in when somebody thinks they're a greater or lesser part, or a bigger or smaller part. There is an incredible... An incredible problem that we're faced with in the church today, and that is, a, that is an incredible crisis of confidence in the church today. I have never seen a group of people that have greater as he that is in me than he that is in the world than I have in the church today in America in particular that feel inferior. There is a spirit of inferiority. There's an inferiority complex in among the church body in America that says, Man, I'm not, I'm not worthy. I'm not valuable. I'm no good. But that is not what the Bible just said right here in 1 Corinthians 12. That is a trick of the devil and it is a false humility. We are all equal parts that are supposed to be working together. Somebody shout Amen. Ephesians four eleven through 15 says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ, right? Not the building, us, the people. This will continue until we have all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Right? So we still got a ways to go. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way, more and more like Christ, who is the head of His body, the church. God created us to be interdependent, not independent. And you have a role in this deal. Right? We all have intrinsic value, and you're going to hear me say it a lot today, intrinsic value. So everybody say, what's intrinsic value? What, is that? what does that even mean? Let me define it for you. Webster defines intrinsic this way. It means to inherit. It means belonging naturally. It's innate. It's something inside of all of us. We all have value. Now watch this. The stone has the same value whether it's in a ring... Set for the best light of that stone to be seen or it's hidden in a drawer somewhere. The value is not different, right? You may be tempted to look up here at stage and see people singing, see me preaching. You say, wow, they have so much value. Look at what they're doing. But I want to tell you something. Value is not based on whether it's in the limelight or not. Value is based on its intrinsic value. The value of a diamond ring is not changed whether you throw it in a drawer and never let it shine or you put it on your finger, ladies, and let everybody see it. The value is no different. The limelight is not where the value comes from. The value comes from what it is. See, is is, is is a diamond's value the same if it's hidden in a mountain yet to be found or cut and polished and put inside of a ring? The temptation is to say, well, it's worth more when it's cut just right and it's polished and it's put in a ring. And I would submit to you, no, it's not. That diamond is the same value. Whether it's hidden in the mountain and it's never been seen or it's out there for everyone to see, it's the same value. And you are the same value. Whether you come every Sunday and sit on your gifts and never let who you are shine for the rest of us to be blessed by, or you let it be seen, God does the cutting and polishing, but it never changes the true value of who you are. Somebody shout, Amen. The value is the same, it doesn't change, and you have the same value. Your value does not change whether you decide to hide your gifts or let them shine. You have the same value. The difference will be this. Will you allow God to set your intrinsic value on display as a person for the light to be shined for the glory of God? So here's some questions I have for you. Are you diminishing your light or letting your best light shine? A jeweler doesn't cut that ring and polish it And do everything to make that thing shine. And then just throw it in a drawer and never to be seen. He does it so it can be seen and people can see the beauty of it. Are you looking at people through diminishing light or through the best light? Do you see other people negatively? Do you think, well, they shouldn't be a greeter because. They shouldn't be on the worship team because. How are you looking at someone's life? Do you see the true value in someone else? Do you see people like God does? True story a farmer in Michigan had a uh, a 22 pound rock as a doorstep in his farm for the past 30 years. And uh, in October of last year he I don't know if he was in conversation with somebody or what but for some reason he decided to take this 22 pound rock to Central Michigan University to have it examined. And they found that this 22-pound chunk of iron was actually a meteorite. The sixth largest meteorite ever found in the state of Michigan. This poor farmer is using it to keep a door open to his barn for 30 years and didn't know it was worth $100,000. You know, I don't think that in the body of Christ we realize how much worth we are. I think we think, well, I'm just a doorstop over here. And God said, you don't even realize what you're worth. You're sitting on who you are. You're sitting on your gifts. You're sitting on your talents. You're just sitting back. You've let the devil beat you down and tell you you're nobody and you're nothing. You've let some comment from a parent back when you were a child tell you you're a nothing and you'll be a nobody. You've let some ex-spouse or some friends tell you you're a nothing and nobody. And you've carried that into the body of Christ. And God is saying, that's a lie, lie, lie. And I'm telling you, when those thoughts come across your mind, I'm speaking life to somebody today. You need to say, "Liar, liar, pants on fire!" But you don't know what I've done, Pastor. I've done. that. I smoked dope, and I've and I've slept around, and I've done drugs, and I've done this and that. Okay, so what? You know, we've all blown it. Guess what? It's not based. Our value is not based on what we do. It's based on who he is. And I just want to put a charge into somebody today and tell you, quit letting the devil jerk you around and beat you down. You are valuable in the sight of God. Wow. Do you see people as the hidden gems that they are? Do you see the great value God sees in them? Here at Bridge of Hope, we look and we see, we intentionally look for the intrinsic value in every person. That you have and we want you to serve so that your best light can shine for the glory of God. We all have intrinsic value because God created us. Psalm 119.73 says this, Your hands have made me and fashioned me. That that speaks, I don't want to get into a long message on this, but that speaks to God's handiwork. He's working. He didn't just say, well, Greg Eastman, okay, well, just poof, whatever, Whatever comes out, you know, there it is. He said He made you. He fashioned you, Sonny Feck. And the writer of Psalms here is saying, Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. Help me to understand how beautifully and wonderfully I'm made. You know, an eight-year-old was mentioning to someone that her mom's birthday was coming up, and the, and the person said, Oh, you're going you're gonna to make her a birthday card on your father's computer? And the little girl said, no. She said, if I make her a birthday card on the computer, she won't keep it on the refrigerator quite as long as if I make it by hand. Eight-year-olds can understand the value of making something by hand, but God's people sitting in His house can't understand the value of yourself being made by God. Wow. Man, I'm here to speak life to somebody. We all have intrinsic value because God loves us. Look at me. You are completely accepted and loved by God. We spend way too much time in our lives trying to earn acceptance from other people. Way too much time. Titus 3.7, you know what it says? Jesus treated us much better than we deserve. I can't get a good amen there. He made us acceptable to God and gave us hope of eternal life. Man, what Jesus did on the cross for you and I makes us completely acceptable to God. No matter what we've done. No matter what we will do. God accepts you. You say, Pastor, yeah, maybe after we give our lives to Christ. Romans 5, 9 says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He risked it all on you. He said, I'm going to die for them, and I'm going to have faith. God's got the greatest faith anywhere. He put His faith in humankind and mankind to accept Him as Lord and Savior. He died in our sinful, rotten, nasty conditions. He risked it all. He loves you. Wow. That gives us intrinsic value. There are way too many people walking around with a low and a of and a, a self-esteem and a low self-esteem. They don't feel good about themselves. And so they're always trying to pump themselves up with the kind of clothes they wear, the kind of car they drive, the things they say they do, the one-uppers. We talked about that. They try to pump themselves up to make themselves feel better about themselves because the reality is they really don't accept themselves. And let me say something here. If you don't accept yourself... That's actually rebellion to God. That, that, you know what that's telling? That's saying, God, I don't like your handiwork. I don't like what you made. If I were you, I would have made me different. Wow. Look, if God wanted you to be someone else, you wouldn't exist. Man, somebody needs to hear this. If God wanted someone else, Tommy Vinson, he wouldn't have made you. The fact that you exist says He didn't want somebody else. He wanted you. Glory to God. Somebody needs to catch this. He wanted you. Ephesians 2.10, I love this. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He's planned for us long ago. Check this out. The Greek word for masterpiece is poema. In the Greek, from where we get our English word poem. You know what God said? You're my poem. You're you're my masterpiece. Wow. I, I put gifts in you, I gave you a personality. I gave you the personality you have. I put gifts in you. I put talents in you. I put abilities in you. I created you just the way I wanted you to be. Why are you trying to be someone else? You're my poem. Yes, yes, yes. Man, when Holly and I were first dating, I'd write her poems until she made fun of me and said, this is stupid, and I ain't wrote her one since. <laughs> yeah, oh, woe is me. That's right. Yeah, I feel bad. She's mean. I will pay for that later. <laughs> but look. God said, Jerry Wagner, you're my poem. And there's no other poem in the world like my poem. Like you. Your poem is different than Brother Lively's poem. And it's, and it's different than Jerusha's poem. And it's different than Sarah's poem and Ryan's poem and my poem. We are all have our unique poem. God sat down to seven billion people on this planet, and He said, "I got a different poem for you than anybody else." Wow! You are unconditionally loved by God, regardless of your past. God never once in this scripture says, well, I love you if, or I love you because. He just says, I love you, period. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Look, you can't make God stop loving you. Because <laughs> His love is not based on what we do, but it's based on who He is. Isaiah 54.10 says this way. The mountains and hills may crumble, but my love for you will never end. I will keep forever my promise of peace. So says the Lord who loves you. God's love for you gives you intrinsic value. Wow. You are totally forgiven by God because of what Jesus did on the cross for you. He will wash your sins away into the sea of forgetfulness. Romans 8.1 says it this way. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Wow. God doesn't rehearse your sins. He releases your sins. That gives you intrinsic value. God says, don't you see you're the head and not the tail? Don't you see if you're the only one, I'd have still died for you. Don't you know the Father was looking over heaven and He was watching His Son die a brutal death for us and He let it happen because He loves you and I so much. If you ever think you're not valuable, then you need to remember the price Jesus paid for you. He paid an awesome price cuz you're so valuable. You are worth, you are worth and value because of what God says about you and what he's done for you. Somebody shout hallelujah. You are needed. You are valuable. You're needed in this church, you're needed in this community, and you're needed in this world. If you weren't needed, God wouldn't have made you. I want to just say it again. If you weren't needed and you weren't valuable, you would not exist. God would not have made you. There are no little people in the family of God. We are all, going back to the Scriptures, equal parts. Everybody say equal parts. There's no big you and little me. We're all equal. We're all hopelessly lost without Jesus. None of us have anything to offer without him. Anything we are and who we are is because of him. Somebody shout glory. Look, two things create value. Who owns something and what somebody's willing to pay for it. Man was visiting an acquaintance and he was a lover of old rare books and and his friend said he had just thrown away an old Bible that was in an ancestral home for, for hundreds of years in, in the attic. And he said, you know, I threw it away. It says, printed by Guten something. And the guy kind of, he said, not Gutenberg. That was the first printing press. He said, have you lost your mind? Want a copy of a Gutenberg Bible recently an original sold for $2 million? The guy dismissed it. He said, mine wouldn't have been worth two bucks. Some guy named Martin Luther scribbled all through it in German. (laughs) Ah! For those of you who don't know, Martin Luther is the founder of the Protestant Reformation. He's the one that taught, brought back to the world, salvation is by faith and grace in Jesus and not by works. Look, you're a child of God. God. 1 Corinthians 7.23 says it this way. You have been bought and paid for by Christ, so you belong to Him. Be free now from all these earthly prides and fears. You have intrinsic value because of the price Jesus paid for you. Right, what gives something value is who owns it. Guess what? We're owned by God. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. He says, that's my child. There's no price tag for that. Other than His blood. That's why we want you to serve somewhere in the church and for the kingdom of God. Look, we're not trying to get you to serve in the church like some cog in the wheel for the sake of the church. We want you to serve in the body of Christ to let your best light shine forth for the glory of God. Because that's what God said and wrote in 1 Corinthians 12. Look, coming to church and never doing anything for God, never serving anywhere, never doing anything and giving any talents and abilities for His glory is like taking a two-carat diamond and throwing it in a drawer never letting anybody see it. I got a question for you. Ladies, would you do that with your engagement ring? Be honest. No. You put that thing out there. And if you're like my wife, she did it yesterday. She put it in a little ammonia and water, and she cleaned up because she wants it all sparkling. She wants everybody to see her ring. She wants everybody to see what an awesome man she's married to that gave her a ring like that. Yeah. yeah. Woo. I'm trying to make up. I'm not all the way there, but I'm trying to get it right. Amen. <laughs> No, no, ladies, you wouldn't take your engagement ring and your wedding ring and just throw it in the drawer. You want that thing to spark. You want everybody to see it. You want it to shine, don't you? You're God's engagement ring. And God is saying, I want you to shine. Why would you set yourself in a drawer somewhere and never do anything for my glory? I created you. I've gifted you. I've placed you in a body like this because I want you to shine. Nobody in their right mind would put a two-carat diamond in a drawer and leave it there. In the same way, why would God in His right mind put a two-carat diamond in you? You're God's two-carat diamond. And say, just just hide out in the corner. You're nobody. You're nothing. That's not God. That's the devil. Wow. Wow. The second thing that, J, that the jeweler sets the ring in place for with, with, and has a specific goal in mind is this. It's security. Everybody say security. He says, man, if the, if the hand says I'm not part of the body, that's not going to make it too bad. You're part of the body, right? You, the foot can't say I don't want to be a part of this anymore. You know, Sorry, you're attached to my leg. You're going to be part of me, right? It's, he's saying you can't, you can't do that. There's security when we work together. There's a common problem, and that is this. If you don't do it like me, then it's wrong. It's not right. But it's not about changing who you are, but understanding who you are. You don't have to become something different to belong. Listen, you belong here just the way you are. I, I wanna, I'm just going to put you on notice. I want you to hear this. There are 1,200 children in the Cincinnati area right now going through counseling and the process to become a transvestite. 1,200 children in our community. You know what? I wish to God all 1,200 would come here. Because we would love them. And we would accept them. Not what they're trying to do. We would accept the intrinsic value of who they are as a person that Christ died for them. I've got enough confidence in the Holy Spirit that he would get a hold of their hearts and they'd fall so deeply in love with Jesus. They'd come to their senses and say, I was confused, I was going lost, going down the wrong path, but now I'm saved and man, I'm getting away from that kind of lifestyle. I wish every homosexual in in Cincinnati would come here. And every murderer and every everybody and every white collar worker who doesn't do anything wrong and every person who's on the right side of the tracks and the wrong side of the tracks. Why? They have intrinsic value and if you're a human being, you're welcome at this church. Glory to God because you're a a two-carat diamond. Hallelujah. We got to quit trying to clean our fish before we catch them. We just need to love people. Somebody shout amen. amen. Is this all right today? I hope so. Because Jesus tells no one you're not welcome because of the things you've done. If he did that, none of us would be welcome. He looks past that. He says, you just come to me. I'll clean you up and fix you. (laughs) When I'm done with you, your heart will change and you'll want to do what's right. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Look, we tend to want to work with someone that acts and thinks like we do. And if you do this, you're going to miss something of great value. You'll never avoid differences. In fact, you should look for differences because they help complete us. Don't view someone else as weak because they're different than you. Value them. There's value, great value in our differences. Amen? Quit trying to make your children like you and how you do things. The number one reason in America right now for adolescence rebellion is parents trying to conform them into something they are not. When you encounter differences in conflict, does it increase your security or your insecurity? See, one of our greatest insecurities in life is thinking that you don't have the same value as someone else. Man, when that thought comes, you need to say, liar, liar, pants on fire. Because that's not the word of God. That's you, devil, and I hear your voice, and I'm not listening, and I'm not receiving it. Amen? We all have the same intrinsic value as someone else. We are all two-carat diamonds to God. Our security is found in Christ alone. Not in what we do or someone else says about us, but because of what God did for us. And we have to understand, we cannot complete our assignment alone. He created us to be interdependent, not independent. Wow, allowing God to set us in the body as He sees fit gives us personal security. Now listen, there are two forms of isolation. There are physical and emotional isolation. What do you notice about someone who's physically isolating themselves? You see withdrawal. You see closed doors. You see walls go up. You see as soon as we say amen in church, they run for the side door and get out of here because they don't want to deal with anybody. What do you see when you see someone emotionally isolating themselves? Distance, lack of expression. They're, they're physical but not engaged. You ever been there before? You know what I'm talking about? Maybe they have a critical spirit or judgmental spirit. Look, we want to help you discover the gifts inside of you. That's why connecting point so important. We want to help you discover the great things you have and that you have to offer. Mark 12, 30 through 31 says this. Check this out. Mark 12, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. Love others with who you are and the intrinsic value God has given you. Listen, listen to me. We all gain the most value from your life when you're the real you. You have to hear me. You are uniquely created to bring value to all of us. Wow. Wow. And God has placed you in this body because of your unique intrinsic value that we all need. Are you hearing me? To withhold this, to put on a mask, to pretend to be something that you're not, are you hearing me? Cheapens your value. God didn't create you to be a second rate copy of someone else, He created you to be a first rate you. Be you. Don't put on a mask or a facade. Get real. One of the greatest privileges I have as pastor in this church is you let me be me. You don't put demands on me to be someone else. You don't say, well, you need to do it like this. You just let me be me. Well, guess what? I want you to be you. Because I figured out enough that God's smarter than all the rest of us. And if He placed you here, it's because we all need the real you. Do you know, I'm proposing it's okay to show up on a Sunday. And when somebody says, how you doing? Man, I'm doing terrible. Well, what's wrong? Let me pray for you. I need help. It's okay. We don't have to always have it all together. And as a matter of fact, you don't always have to have it all together. You, there are times you don't have it together. Amen? All of us need help. man. God doesn't want you to be a second-rate someone else. He wants you to be a first-rate you. So why do you serve in the local church? Well, it's the best place to start. It's the best place to get involved. Psalm 8410. A single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I'd rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live in the good life when the homes of wicked. Whether you you can serve and and and... And do some work outside the church and with other organizations, and that's okay. But in some of those, if they're not Christian, you can also have a terrible attitude. You cannot live right and all this. But when you serve in the church, it makes you want to live up to the standard of the Bible. Another reason is it reflects our love for others. Galatians 5, 13 through 15 says, It is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Everybody say amen to that. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's Word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. Verse 15, if you bite and ravage each other, watch out, in no time at all, you will be annihilating each other. And where will your precious freedom be then? Wow. You get free by serving others. That's what the Bible just said. So the very thing people are praying for, God, give me freedom, give me freedom, give me freedom. And God says, okay, I want you to get involved and serve. Well, I can't. I'm nobody. I'm not worthy. I can't serve. You are are causing your own prayers to not be answered because he said when you serve you get more freedom. Wow. So what does the devil want you to do? He wants to whisper and say you're nobody, you're nothing, don't ever get involved so he can keep you in bondage. God says I want you to serve because I've got a light for you, to, I want your light to shine. Wow. It's also rewarding. Colossians 3, 23-24. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Look, we would love for you to serve here. I would love for everybody to be involved at Bridge of Hope Church. But you are not serving for Bridge of Hope or for this church like a cog in a wheel. You are serving Christ. And if every week you wake up and say, this is for you, Jesus, then when you don't get a pat on the back or a thank you that week, you'll still show up because you're not doing it for the church. You're doing it for God. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Look, it's to your benefit to serve. It's to your benefit to serve at Bridge of Hope Church. Look, yes, it helps the church, but it's to your benefit. You have to understand, it is about your benefit We're not trying to create a a machine to just run here and, all pastor's trying to get me to serve somewhere. No, I'm trying to get you to serve because it's going to bring more freedom. And because you have been created to shine. Somebody shout amen. I want you to boldly say, I have been created to shine. Wow, there's protection in the body of Christ. And finally, in closing here, the third goal that a jeweler has in mind, and you need to catch this, is the jeweler sets the stone in such a way to cover its imperfections. He's not going to take the imperfection of the stone and put it forefront so everybody can see. He's going to put it towards the back, the bottom, wherever, so that it hides, it covers its imperfections. Jesus stepped into our imperfections. God loves you so much that He placed people around you to cover your imperfections. How many of you married the opposite, right? That's why they're called the opposite sex, right? Guess what? Brother, dangerous ground right there. He's waving his hands. Listen. God put somebody with you to help cover your imperfections. To help complete you. God has placed you in a body like this. To help cover yours and mine imperfections, you got to hear this. First Peter four eight says this: Father, I come to you. Wait, that's the prayer at the end. Where's First Peter four eight? Pull that back down. I don't know. We don't have it. I guess I I don't even know what it is. It's it's probably. Do we not have that? First Peter four eight. Okay, it says above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. Keep your love fervent for one another. Did you know I found something striking to me and that just just crushed me? Do you know the the group of people, the highest divorce divorce rate in America right now is among Christians? Do you know the lowest divorce rate among people? It's going to blow you away. Blew me away. Atheists. I'm not a smart guy. But something's wrong with the picture that people who believe there's no God have a smaller divorce rate in the nation than those who believe in the true God and claim to be saved by Jesus to have the highest rate of divorce. Something's going on. We're not understanding that we're here to cover each other's imperfections. Not point them out and beat them down and run them off to another church. Somebody shout a good amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians 12, 18, the last verse, it said, God has set or placed believers as He sees fit. Remember, it's a jeweler's term. It's the only place in the Bible where the jeweler is setting or placing a stone in a ring. And he distributes as he wills. Listen, this is why, you got to hear me, this is why you don't church hop. This is why I don't call the overseer when things get tough and say, I think it'll be better for me to go to Alabama tomorrow. No! You place, you you stay where God's placed you. You don't get, well, I don't like the decision, so I'm out of here. I don't like the theater, so I'm gone. I don't like this or that, so I'm going to run down the road. Here's the problem with that. When God has placed you in a body until He clearly says, your job is done there and I'm done with you in that body. When you run, guess what? You expose your imperfections. Because God has placed you in a body to cover your imperfections. So when you, when you tuck tail and you run for the hills because you don't like something or whatever it might be, you are exposing your imperfections. Be very, very careful because you can run yourself into a massive problem. God loves you so much, He's protecting you and I. Or oh, is anybody hearing this today? So God has set you here in the body to let your best light shine forth. For security and to hide our imperfections. Who wouldn't want to serve God like that? I want you to stand to your feet and we're gonna pray. And I have a I have a prayer I'd like for us. And when I say, when I say go, we're gonna we're gonna pray it together and then we're gonna we're gonna sing and then I, what I'm gonna do is call for anybody that would like special prayer to raise their hand and we're gonna come around and pray for you because guess what? We all need prayer. How many of you need prayer? I need prayer. We all need prayer. Here's what I'd like for you to do. I'd like for you to join me in this prayer. And, and just, it's on the overhead. And I want you to pray it. I know we're praying it and you're reading it off a of screen. But I, I want you to pray it like it's a sincere prayer to God. Amen. Can you do that? When I count to three, we're going to start and just follow with me. And then when we're done, I'm going to ask you just to join hands with somebody. Just, just find somebody to connect with. Maybe not your spouse, somebody else. Male with male, female with female. If you've got to move around, that's okay. We need each other's prayers. Look, my, if you get the prayer list, you know, my shoulder and my arm, you know, sometimes it, I tore a rotator cuff a long time ago. Sometimes it gives me fit. I'm on there and I have people saying, hey, man, I'm praying for it." I like, man, I'm feeling better. Look, I've tried to lay hands on myself and heal myself. It doesn't work.
1: I need you to lay your
0: hands on me and pray. God didn't create us to be islands to ourselves, but to be interdependent. If I could have done it already, I would have. It ain't working. I need you to lay your hands on me and pray. Amen? We need prayer. So let's pray. Are you ready? One, two, three. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I ask you to forgive me for doubting the value I have. I repent for looking through the wrong lens in life. I command the spirit of fear and timidity to leave my life. I command self-doubt to leave in Jesus' name. I ask you to fill me with the realization of who I am in Christ. I am a child of God. I am the head and not the tail. I am above only and not beneath. I have incredible intrinsic value. I surrender to your will and your word, Lord. I ask you to light my best light shine forth. Protect me and cover my imperfections. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Somebody clap your hands. Hallelujah. I'd like for you to find somebody and face them. And just say, hey, what can I help you pray about, brother? Or what can I help you pray about, sister? They're going to start singing. And if you want, I want you to worship. But for the next few moments, I want you just to spend some time with the Lord and with each other. And let's just lay hands on one another. Let's pray for one another. Let's bless one another.